2: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's go.
1: Blow up.
2: Welcome, everybody, to the Thursday, August 13th edition of Locked on Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting at the DraftNetwork.com, and someone who feels a lot better after yesterday's blowout prompted by one former Miami Dolphins safety. I won't go there again. I don't want to go back down that rabbit hole. Back to that dark place. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed. I can tell you it was one of the most listened to shows of the summer for us already. And, and it was really awesome to see some of the feedback from all of you who listened. And um, really appreciate you guys taking the time to do so as always. Now, today we've got a whole load of transactions to talk about, Uh, but the most important thing that we could talk about is what the Dolphins announced this morning they are planning to do for the 2020 season. It feels like forever ago that the Dolphins in the football world learned of the passing of legendary coach Don Shula, but in reality it was just over three months ago, and the Dolphins this morning have announced that they will wear a jersey patch displaying his name and the number 347 commemorating Shula's life, career, and his NFL record 347 career wins as an NFL head coach. That number continues to be the gold standard for NFL head coaches, although New England head coach Bill Belichick is beginning to loom on the horizon. He is just 44 wins away. But for 2020, Don Shula will be the NFL wins king, and the Dolphins will remember him and his legacy. What better way for the Dolphins to commemorate Shula than by returning to the winning pedig- pedigree that he made second nature and so commonplace in South Florida for so long? The hope is that that return can come this season, even if that timetable may be a bit aggressive when you take into consideration Just how far the Dolphins had to go when you count the starting point as this time last year. And the team regressed even still with the trades of Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunsil. But another way that the Dolphins can help honor and commemorate the legacy of Coach Shula this year, it's it's quite simple really, is beat the Patriots. Because Bill Belichick is 44 wins away from surpassing Don Shula's mark. And the more challenging you can string this out and more of a long-term attrition battle, you can make this for the New England Patriots, the better. The bad news is the Patriots have been averaging 12-plus wins every year for the past 15 years or so. And that is a guaranteed fast track to skyrocket up the NFL all-time wins record. Well, 44 wins away, and the Patriots are in a very interesting spot in 2020. The Patriots lost Tom Brady. The Patriots saw approximately 20% of their starters opt out for the 2020 season amid the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. The Patriots still do not have a very good offensive supporting cast. The Patriots' second level of their defense has been drastically picked over. The Patriots are in a compromised position, and if you can turn the tables on the Patriots, and if the Patriots come out this year and win hypothetically six games, Bill Belichick will be entering the 2021 season with effectively a blank slate. The team is going to be one of the top teams in salary cap, but the team has never really spent salary cap. Bill Belichick will, if they win seven games, probably be looking for a potential challenger to Cam Newton, who's on a one-year deal anyway as the team's starting quarterback. And you're looking at a team that has a head coach who is now 69 years of age and endured a tough 2020 season, with the deck stacked against them for the first time in a really long time as far as the forecast for the 2020 season. Buffalo Bills favored in many places to win the AFC East this year. If the Patriots miss the playoffs and the Patriots have a mediocre at best season, suddenly Bill Belichick is significantly on the clock to chase down Don Shula. So if the Dolphins can do their part and beat the Patriots, they will be commemorating and honorating Shula and his legacy in a lot more ways than just wearing a patch. They're giving his record a fighting chance to survive the upcoming onslaught from Bill Belichick, where if the Patriots continue to win at their typical pace four years from now, Belichick will be the wins king. Let's stretch that out. Let's see a couple tough seasons here. And if you have to turn it into from four seasons to six seasons, well, Bill Belichick will be 75 in six seasons. Is he still coaching? That's a good question. Maybe not. And maybe Don Shula still is the NFL's wing king.
0: This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode,
2: So we have these transactions that I had mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, it's been a busy 24 hours for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins have signed three and cut two. Uh, and it's all defense for the Dolphins here, which, let's be honest, th- that should not surprise you at all, that Brian Flores is going to continue to churn the bottom end of this roster. Uh, the Dolphins announced yesterday that they had claimed cornerback Breon Borders off the waiver wire from the Pittsburgh Steelers and signed defensive tackle Brandon Bryant, who most recently played with the Cleveland Browns. In addition, this morning, the Dolphins announced they had signed cornerback Dietrich Nichols and waived safety Stephen Parker and UDFA tight end Bryce Stark. The numbers game at tight end, it wasn't going to work out well for Bryce Stark. You think about... What we had already in Gaseki trading for Shaheen, Durham Smythe here. Myrick had a nice preseason last year. So it's just an unfortunate numbers game. And that, that's the same sentiment that you'll get from all of the teams across the league at this point in time. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch Hard Knocks on HBO, uh, but the end of that episode, the Chargers cut a tight end. And he said, you know, I worked my ass off. And I don't even get a chance to prove it when we put the pads on. And, and head coach Anthony Lynn said that same exact thing. Unfortunately, everything we do right now is a numbers game. But but keep in mind, you know, amid the climate in the country right now, you could get a callback at a moment's notice. Now, Bryce Stirk, tight end four, possibly best case scenario. Is he going to get a callback from the Dolphins? Maybe to be on the practice squad. You got up to 16 guys, I think, this season that you can use. So maybe. But the Dolphins, it seems as though they're they're really intent on finding the best combination of rotational guys to play in the secondary and on the defensive line. Cutting Steven Parker little bit of a surprise because he played modestly well when he played. He played 338 snaps for the Dolphins last year, which was 30% of the defensive snaps. And he had four starts, logged two interceptions. Um, He's a young player himself, but the Dolphins have had effectively 12 months of evaluation time for Steven Parker. And the fact that they are making this decision indicates they don't feel like even if he's like a serv- he was a serviceable player last year and he could be a depth piece this year, he's not the kind of player that they seem to see having the ceiling that this team wants to be a long-term depth piece, and that's why they're bringing in Breon Borders and why they're bringing in Dietrich Nichols. More bodies in this secondary, and Dietrich Nichols is an interesting player because he led the XFL in interceptions at the time of the XFL shutting down operations amid kind of the initial outbreak of COVID-19. He's from the Miami area. He played his high school ball at Miami Central uh, and ultimately chose to go to South Florida as a three-star recruit despite having offers from schools like Auburn, Georgia, and Clemson. So, like, this was a pretty well-regarded prep prospect who went undrafted out of South Florida and kind of pinballed around for a couple years, but his play last spring was really promising in in what he was able to showcase in the XFL. What should your expectations be for all of these additions? Whether it is Nichols or whether it is Brandon Bryant or Breon Borders, your expectation at this point in time is they're probably not going to make the roster. But if you have players who are from even vaguely familiar with your system and are fairly local, and Brandon Bryant played his football at Florida Atlantic, which is up in Boca Raton, so not that far off from Miami either. Seems to be that's, that's kind of one of the running themes with some of these additions is they're looking at guys that have backgrounds in the area because they're around and you got to have these guys on call and on tap in the event that three of your corners do test positive or are in close co- contact with COVID and can't dress for a game. Okay. We got a guy who's in the area. We'll come in. We'll get him tested. He kind of knows the system already. That's kind of what it feels like is the Dolphins strategy at this point in time with some of these roster churns. Um, But no, I, I don't look at any of the additions that the Dolphins have made in the past couple of weeks and say, oh, yeah, this guy's going to make the roster or anything like that. The other thing that I did want to make sure we tackled today, Todd McShay dropped a mock draft. And as you all know, I am a drafty and a nick and uh, do work for the draftnetwork.com and have been in the draft industry since 2013. So... I love the draft. So anytime we get an excuse to talk about mock drafts and prospects and players, I'm down. We're, we're going to talk about it. So Dolphins uh, picked 5th and 15th in McShea's mock draft 1.0, and ESPN used their football power index to determine the draft order. So in itself... FBI has the Dolphins as the fifth-horse team in football this year. That would be extremely discouraging based on the fact that they overachieved last year. Let's get all that out of the way right now. But if your consolation prize is the first player that McShay gave the Dolphins, and that's Jamar Chase, the wide receiver from LSU, uh, I'd get over it pretty quick. (laughs) Chase is uh, a stud. He had 1,800 receiving yards, 20 touchdowns last year playing with Joe Burrow. Volume of the offense went through who just Justin Jefferson, the first round wide receiver went, went to the Minnesota Vikings in the 20s. Uh, really good player. Uh, Terrence Marshall is another wide receiver there who might be a, a top 100 selection. But Jamar Chase is the real deal. Uh, here's what McShea had to say about the pick. I'll start by saying that if Pene Sewell were available, he'd have been the pick. Sewell went at pick four, one pick ahead of the Dolphins. Even after Miami drafted Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt, protecting Tunga-Vailoa is the team's top priority, with Sewell off the block from Burrow in Cincinnati. Let's help Tunga-Vailoa another way. Chase is the best available prospect here in a true number one wideout, but he also fills a glaring need for the Dolphins. Thank you, Todd. I've been saying wide receiver. Okay, Devontae Parker had a breakout season with more than 1,200 receiving yards last year, but the next most productive Dolphins wide receiver in 2019 was Preston Williams with 428. It does not mention that Preston Williams missed the second half of the season, but that's okay. Chase had 1,780 yards and 20 scores last season for the LSU Tigers, and he's dynamic playmaking tools to be an elite producer at the next level for two or four years to come. Yes, agree. And here's the thing. If we, we tackled this on Power of the Pod not too long ago. If the Dolphins want to continue the trend of big receivers, but they also want to address the fact that their run-after-catch options right now kind of stink... Jamar Chase is the answer. Jamar Chase is reported to run in the high four fours. He's extremely physical. He plays a lot like Devontae Parker as far as like a my ball mentality. So if you want to have, if you just want to go size guys across the board, and Jamar Chase is plenty experienced in RPOs and, and you know, those quick glance routes and uh, back shoulder throws. So. I think he'd be a f- pretty strong fit for Tua in this offense, assuming we're going to have some continuity year over year, uh, which I would assume we'll have the same concepts year over year. We might just not necessarily have the same play caller if Chan Gailey isn't going to do this for more than just a, a year or two, uh, which I expect will probably see Chan for a few years. Kind of my gut. Um, the other pick at 15, Todd lost me a little bit here went with running back Travis Etienne from the Clemson Tigers. Here's what Todd had to say. After going with the talented chase at wide receiver with its first pick, Miami might consider safety Javon Holland from Oregon here to address its safety woes. Tennessee Volunteers offensive lineman Trey Smith is worth a look here too. He would play right guard for the Dolphins. A big offseason certainly helped the Dolphins along in their rebuild, but there's still a lot of problematic areas. While I like Matt Breida's speed, he is a free agent next spring, and Jordan Howard hasn't shown much juice. ETN would give Valoa an explosive young backfield mate with a great combination of initial burst and straight line acceleration. He's a home run hitter in space and nabbing him here makes a scary Valoa chase ETN offensive core. Not wrong. But here's the thing. If you mean to tell me that we got to sign a free agent back to a 2-year $10 million deal trade a fifth-round pick for a one-year rental, and then spend a first-round pick. All at the running back position as a team that is rebuilding. And a team that still has long-term question marks at right guard and center. And free safety. And the concern for Xavier Howard in the long term. And a potential Mike linebacker that needs to be replaced in Raquan McMillan who can't play more than 50% of the snaps anyway because the Dolphins are intended in protecting him from being out there in pass coverage. And if you want a more explosive dynamic threat off the edge...
0: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: The Dolphins, you know, Chris Greer, since we've started this rebuild, I'm not going to go back to 2016, but I will go back to 2019 because that's relevant to the mentality that the team has had in the here and now. The Dolphins have made eight day one and two selections, so rounds one through three, eight picks in the last two years of the NFL draft. And of those eight picks, the Dolphins have made five selections in the trenches on the offensive or defensive line. They drafted one quarterback. They traded, by the way, so if you include the second round pick from 2019, they traded a second round pick. For another quarterback, so two quarterbacks, five trench players, a corner, and a safety. All of that adds up to the Dolphins are targeting players at the critical positions on your roster. They're not using them on quote-unquote luxury players or less valuable position groups. Jerome Baker was had in the third round, and he's been awesome. But Jerome Baker was available in the third round because the valuation of linebackers, unless you are a freak athlete with prototypical size, like some of these linebackers that go in the top 10, the demand is not great if you are a will linebacker. Running backs. The lack of diminishing returns from option one versus option six if you've got a good offensive line and a well-balanced offense makes it a very difficult proposition to spend a top 15 pick on a running back. And if you don't believe me, think about mock drafts for the Dolphins all year last year. 18 was DeAndre Swift. 26 was J.K. Dobbins. I did it. I was guilty of it. Everybody at ESPN did it. Everybody at NFL Network did it. And when it came down to it, the Dolphins picked at 18 and 30, at 39, and every single time, they passed on DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor. If you discount the five pick, because that was always going to be a quarterback of their choosing, unless they hated what they saw. The Dolphins passed on all four of those guys twice. They passed on Dobbins, and they passed on Jonathan Taylor three times. The valuation of the running back position, and then you go out and you get Matt Breida, who's 25 years old, in a contract year, and granted, yes, you have to pay him a little bit more money than what you would pay a rookie back but you got the fastest skill player with the ball in his hands in an actual football game for the last two years consecutively. Some durability questions, but extremely explosive player for a five. I'm not chomping at the bit to get pick 15 if you told me I could get Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma. If I could get If Xavier Howard goes down with another knee injury, and we need to pivot, I could get possibly CB2 at pick 15. Trey Smith from Tennessee, there's some some questions there as far as what his uh, medical prognosis is. Uh, He missed some significant time with some pretty scary injuries. Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end from Michigan, would be a tailor-made kind of multi-front type defensive end for this system. You just scroll down, I'm going to pick out some names. Tyler Shelvin, defensive tackle from LSU, have been begging for a nose tackle. We still don't have a true nose tackle, and that's okay. But Tyler Tyler Shelvin could be that guy. And if you're going to take a a non-high-impact position, the Dolphins have heavily skewed towards the trenches. You'd think they'd take a trench guy over a back in the top 15. Dylan Moses still on the board. Potential three-down linebacker. He's kind of linebacker two behind Micah Parsons. He's a real deal. He just didn't play last year. Wyatt Davis, the guard from Ohio State. Plenty of options, and I just think a running back, based on how the Dolphins took it last year, is a tough sell. And I understand we all want to have optimism around the team. But if we're being completely transparent, the Dolphins are the most improved team in football from last year to this year. But the Dolphins still have a lot of work to do. The Dolphins need to have an embarrassment of riches of talent at positions for them to be where we want them to be. We now have a fairly strong forecasted starting lineup. Depth is still a work in progress in several key spots. We still need several key starters. A running back in the top 15, I just don't see it happening for the Dolphins. Now, if you told me we get to the early second round and ETN's still there, yeah, I'm going to think real hard about it because that's a really sexy pairing. But not something, I think, from the Dolphins and their tendencies of what we've seen so far. Name of the game has been trenches, 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 and secondary play. Those are the points of emphasis. We still need a free safety for this team. We still need an interior offensive linemen. Trenches, trenches, trenches. You get a chance to take an elite prospect like Jamar Chase at five? Pff, yeah, you're damn right we're taking it. He and Devontae Parker and Preston who had that sexy one-handed catch. You didn't see it on the Dolphins' Twitter account. Drop everything you're doing as soon as I wrap up here in 30 seconds and go take a look. He looks good, very promising. I want to advance and proceed with caution regarding Preston because it is an ACL injury, but he looked pretty good. Kyle Krabs signing off. We got one more show yet this week, so make sure you hit subscribe, follow along. We're only getting started. You know this 2020 season. It's progressing nicely. We're working our way towards opening kick on September 10th. I look forward to it. I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow. Thanks, as always, for listening. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.